Welcome to The Local, brought to you by Fairhaven Wealth Management in partnership with our friends at the Wheaton Chamber of Commerce here in Wheaton, Illinois. I'm Mark Horner, and together with Vicki Austin, we bring you conversations about what's happening with people right around you. Everyone has a story that goes well beyond their day-to-day life. Stories about their history, their passion, their inspirations. All you have to do is look and ask and maybe listen. These stories may be local, but their reach is far and their themes universal. All right, here we are, another edition of The Local. Great to have Sue Walgren, the director of the Cosley Zoo, with us today. Sue, wonderful to meet you. I'm very happy to be here. I'm very lovely to meet all you great people. I've been a consumer, and our family's been a consumer of your product for many, for many <laughs> years, whether it's pumpkins or Christmas trees or just wandering around the zoo. It's just a fabulous, a fabulous facility. Now, part of your background in doing a little show research is uh, you've got, you've got, some space or some property in near Yellowstone? Is that true? We do. And more importantly, can you introduce us to Kevin Costner? <laughs> is it the Yellow- I wish. Yeah. Is it the Yellowstone was of the same name? It is Yellowstone National Park. Yeah. And so the, yeah. the, the TV the TV series, which I'm just recently catching up on, ah, by good, the way. Good show. Good that show. Fantastic uh, yeah. show. Yeah. So is that is that show? representative of the space that you guys go <laughs> no. to? No. Life you live? <laughs> no. <laughs> and is Kevin Costner anywhere around? Uh, no, I wish. You know, the money'd be nice. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, we're, uh, uh, my husband's grandparents grew up in Pocatello, Idaho and built a cabin in Island Park, Idaho in the 50s. And when they passed away, his mom inherited it and when she passed away. Um, we inherited it, so yeah, it's a, it's about ten minutes out of West Yellowstone, Montana, and it's beautiful country. Oh, I bet it yeah, is. Except it's a little rough in the winter, but <laughs> I feel a summer retreat coming on, don't it, you, Mark? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Are there horses? No, not yet, unless you go rent them someplace. Yeah, no. But horseback riding is part of your own experience. It is. I've ridden since I was a, a child, and uh, I've always had a passion, and I, I have three of them at home. You do? So I do. What at kinds home, of horses? I have American paint horses. So, so. What, are the, what, what is, describe those for us. I'm not, a, I'm not far from a horse expert. <laughs> paint horses are basically like a quarter horse, kind of a Western, um, but they are typically a, a dark color and then white mixed all together. So they look so. like they have paint, like an Appaloosa that has kind white of different breed. Yeah, yeah. So Appaloosas have spots usually in. I think paint. of paint horses as um, the horses that Native Americans rode. They yes, to some extent. Did you ever mm-hmm. watch? Did you ever watch uh, Bonanza? I did. <sighs> little did little Joe rode Bonanza. a paint horse. That was a painted horse. That's a painted horse. That's a paint horse. Yes. So I don't imagine you live on Main Street in Wheaton with three I, horses I, I, in the I, back. I, I'm chagrined. Like, no. where are they? I'm chagrined to say I don't. Um, That's okay. Wheaton is, uh, my time here is just a wonderful community. It, uh, uh, it offers so much. Um, and people are so... So generous and kind and supportive. But I live in a small town, um, well, outside of a small town, Maple Park. Where is that? It is like about Auburn? halfway between Elburn and DeKalb. Okay. Yeah. And you grew up in DeKalb. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Born in upstate New York, moved to DeKalb when I was four. My father got a job professor at NIU. My dad was a professor really? too at NIU. Yeah. yeah. Many years ago. Yeah. It was a long time ago. <laughs> Horses are a major factor in the starting of this whole podcast. Mm-hmm. So really? they, they, they are, they are. So uh, the idea behind the, the idea behind the podcast is there's lots of, basically there's lots going on in our own communities mm-hmm. that 
we sometimes are not even aware of. And my family has lived in Wheaton for almost 20 years. And I only recently found out about the equestrian center. Oh, Donata? Exactly. Yeah. That was, that produced or, or was the, at least the home of a Kentucky Derby winner horse. Were they? I didn't I think know that. two of them, Dan and Ada Rice owned two, okay. I believe they had two winners. In the, oh, in the in the 60s, Kentucky. I think. I did not realize that. Early huh. 60s, yeah. So, but this incredible facility right down the right down the street that I've driven mm-hmm. by hundreds, maybe thousands of times that I only recently learned about. So, the idea that there's that there's lots to explore. Oh yeah, right around us. There is. Like I said, this is a, a wonderful community, and I mean, even compared to kind of out where I am, there's just so little that I mean, not they're great communities. Don't get me wrong, but there's is just night and day. Um, what people in Wheaton have here. It's just, it's a treasure. And that comes with a fair amount of perspective. You've been at the zoo now for more than a few months. Yeah. Um, just a few more, um, 39 years. 39 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and night and day too. Um, I mean, even just in Wheaton and the, of course the zoo. Um, yeah. A lot of how, changes. How so? Tell us about the changes. It seems like zoos have taken a different kind of a turn as people are concerned about animal welfare mm-hmm. more, maybe? Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, that's one of the things I'm proudest of that we have accomplished over the years um, is that Cosley Zoo is accredited by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. That is a feat accomplished by less than 10% of zoos and aquariums. Congratulations. Yeah, thank that's you. Great. It is it is hard-earned. Um, it is basically an assessment of our entire facility, um, whether it's safety and security, staffing, animal welfare, research, conservation, education, every every piece of our operation. We go through it every five years. Um, we first became accredited in 2000 and have maintained that um, to this day. Uh, it basically means that we're meeting the same standards as any other accredited zoo, regardless of size. So we meet the same standards of animal care and welfare and safety and security as San Diego Zoo wow. or National Zoo. Um, so we're very, very proud of that because it's not an easy accomplishment. And I think, again, to have that in Wheaton and DuPage County is really something special. Um, and, you know, we're very active in conservation and we usually have uh, upwards towards 90,000 people a year in programs. Um, and I think in a day and age when I think we all know we're, we're dealing with issues like a, a lot of um, extinct species going extinct at a yes. very rapid rate and people are becoming more urbanized and less connected to nature. So places like Cosley Zoo become immensely important um, because we're able to create those moments, those connections, you know, whether it's a five minute animal visit or a year long program like our junior zookeepers, we are working to connect people, create empathy so that, you know, you can't ask people to, to save something they don't care about. Right. So we can create that empathy and, and hopefully we have people that grow up to be people that are concerned with the environment. And we've seen a lot of kids go through our junior zookeeper program that are in careers all over the country um, in nature education or animal care. It's just, it's really, it's so neat to work someplace that you know you're making a difference. Oh, that is great. Is that part, is that vision part of the roots of the zoo when it was, when it was first established? You know, it's interesting. It kind of started, it was an interesting start. Um, the original landowner, Harvey Cosley, um, when he passed away, his only living relative was his wife's cousin, Paula Jones. And he's, his last wish was that 
it not be developed. And it was, I believe, only about an acre and a half. I can't remember exactly. It wasn't much. Um, so when he passed away, she was trying to find the Audubon Society and couldn't locate it. Hmm. So she stopped in at a real estate office to find out, you know, where can I find this? And the realtor she happened to talk to was a man named Paul Morris, who was a Wheaton Park District commissioner. So he said, why don't you give it to the Park District? Um, Which she did, and they expanded it a little bit over the first years. And when I came in 1984, the zoo was 10 years old. Um, We had... um, a few farm animals. We had a few wild animals, mostly native. Um, was the train caboose there? The from caboose the was there at that time. It was. Um, there was two of us employed there. Wow. We didn't do any programs. We did no conservation. We had no mission. No real purpose for our existence other than a cute little kind of a roadside attraction. Was kind it of like thing. a petting zoo? Kind of yeah, like kind of, yeah, kind of, kind um, of. And since that time, again, we've grown into to a facility that we we typically employ around 30 people. A lot of those are part-time, but um, year-round. And again, we're invested in conservation. We've been part of rearing and releasing over 3,000 Blanding's turtles into the wild. Um, Just, you know, just a lot of really cool things. And we've just changed so much. And we do have a mission and a vision and all those good things too. So uh, yeah, it's really been, it's been a journey. That's that's developed over yeah. developed over time with yeah. your, under your leadership mm-hmm. with all humility and the and that, and that <laughs> this of the, show there's no the humility we don't want any humility on this show hey I you know what I'm just I'm along for the ride um, I I have a phenomenal group of people I work with um, so dedicated and it's just I learn from them every day and they just it's inspiring you know so was that your first job was that your first job out of college no. No, it wasn't. Not quite. I, I did several jobs. I actually was a shepherd for several years uh, working with sheep. So I have to stop you there. A professional shepherd? I have to stop you there. I am. Uh, I was a career coach for many years, and I had a client who was an IT guy who was so painfully introverted, he never wanted to be around people. And so one of my exercises was, well, if you could be anything, you know, what would that be? And he said, a shepherd. <laughs> and I was like, uh, are you Bedouin or can you move to, uh, who are the other shepherds that, uh, mm. uh, I was like, I'm not sure that's a viable career track anymore, but clearly it was. Yeah, mine wasn't the kind where you live in a wagon out in the middle of, you know, I just, <laughs> I went home every night. <laughs> did you carry a little staff? No, and, I did no, not. Okay, I, I, I didn't wear a little dress like Bo no, Peep either. Like Bo <laughs> I'd like to hear about the Junior Zookeepers program. Can you tell us oh, about that? Oh, yeah, that's a great program. Um our education supervisor, Jackie Karnstead, who runs that, has really done a great job. She's been with us 10 years um, and has grown that program. So we currently have 55 teens in that program. Um, it's a year long. They, it, Even though it's a program, they apply for it and we interview them. Uh, so they get that experience. And throughout the year, they have meetings. They we partner with other zoos, like some of them, uh, Lincoln Park Zoo's teens. They do a, like a couple times a week, like a virtual program that are a lot of the teens like to to go into. Um, in fact, one of our teens just presented on there about giraffes, um, and we go. They do a zoo trip every year. They learn about conservation. They, if they've earned so many hours, they can learn animal handling for just certain ambassador animals, um, and then if they want to, they can go on to animal. Um, 
to presentation kind of training so that in the summer they can come out and they can do some informal education with our guests. They can stand out with a turtle or, you know, and share. They just learn a real a wide variety of leadership skills. Um, again, learning all about conservation. Uh, and like I said, we've had a lot of kids leave that program and go on to to really great careers. Um, is that integrated with some of the schools around town or is that not really? It's kind of separate. It's for kids 12 to 18, well, to 17. To, um, and interestingly enough, these kids come from all over. Yeah. We, ha- we have, I know one from Lake Bluff. We have three from wow. down by Joliet. We have one from Elburn. How do they um, hear about it? I guess our website, it's a unique program. I mean, a lot of zoos do a teen program, but this one's really more involved. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of the same interesting um, with in internships. We do education and animal care interns and our program is so robust um, and what they get to do is is more than what they get to do a lot of places. So we've had people turn down internships at bigger zoos and come to ours because wow. of the reputation. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, we're, we're proud of all that, those connections we can make. And this comes from a passion for animals from the, absolutely. the kids. Early absolutely. On. Looking, yes. for, absolutely. looking for opportunities mm-hmm. to... Mm-hmm. Expand yeah. that experience. You mentioned ambassador animals. Mm-hmm. We have ambassadors in the chamber. <laughs> what kind of ambassador animals do you have? Oh, gosh. Well, we have a lot of fun ones. We have everything from hedgehogs and tenrex, which is kind of like a hedgehog, um, to snakes and bugs and, you know, armadillo. Um, so these chickens. kids are allowed more access or? To some of them. They don't They they don't get to do things like the armadillo, or but they do some of the smaller, like the turtle and the... Um, you know, we have a skink. Say that carefully. It's a lizard. Right. <laughs> um, bearded dragon. Just so they they can learn that. some of those things. Yeah. Again, it's all making sure it's all safe and the animals' welfare is never ever being compromised. So. So you made a career change to be employee number two at a at a zoo at the time without a clearly defined mm-hmm. mission or, or or purpose. Yeah. So what what made you? What, what did you leave? How bad was that job that you left in order to, in order to go to such a ragtag operation well, yeah. years ago? Actually, at the time, um, yeah, I'd been kind of all over. At the time I took the job, I was actually working for an agricultural lending institution. Hated every minute <laughs> well, of it. Sorry. Tell us why. What was it about that? Sitting behind a desk. Oh, okay. Um, so it was too- to, to me with a job with no meaning. Right. right. Um, Too far from the end user. And I was an animal science major in college. Mm -hmm. um, So I, I wanted to work with animals. I I was very naive coming out. I thought I'd come out of college knowing everything, getting a great job. And I came out going, what was that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, Good thing. Nobody thinks that anymore. Yeah, not at all. No, uh, no. So I, I just, someone told me, I forget how I heard about it. Someone told me that there was this job open that was working with animals. That's all I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. So I applied and, you know, uh, then here I am. Uh, it's all about networking, isn't it, Mark? It was. Someone yes. told her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember who that was? Like what I the connection don't. was? I don't. See, that's the strength of weak ties. I do remember, though, I have to let, I do remember uh, back then the, the Wheaton Park District office was on the corner of Maine and, and Roosevelt here. And I, I hadn't heard anything. So I called and uh, I dropped off the application. I called a week or two later and and asked, you know, are you are you considering me? Are you going to talk to me? And they're like, well, we don't have your application. 
I'm like, what? <laughs> so they'd dig around and someone would put it in the wrong envelope. So thank goodness <gasps> I called. Oh, good follow um, up. Yeah. And it was interesting. I still, I have that application still um, because, oh my gosh, it was fun. I, of course, type it and, you know, no computer. Um, and one, two of the questions on there, <laughs> they asked my height and weight. What? And at the time, I'm thinking I was, of course, much thinner than I am <laughs> now. So I weighed like 110, you know, all of 5'2". I'm like, I know how this is going to go if I put that down there. They're going to think I can't do the job. So I remember I put, you know, I put average on both. <laughs> I'm not putting... No numbers. That no numbers. And, no, and, and, the, and the gentleman that interviewed me did admit that he wasn't sure what was going to come through the door. <laughs> Wow. So, average, yeah. just an average so gal. I, yeah, so I had to save that just, you know, and just for amusement. That is perfect. So, yeah, because we certainly couldn't ask those questions now. No, no, no. no. The no. evolution of the human resources it's experience. Very different. Right. Yeah, very different. So, and well, then at Park District, they probably want to know how much weight can you schlep? Kind of, yeah, probably. Right? Yeah, it's a Park District yeah. job. And then I proceeded to go through the interview, which went well. They offered me the job, and then I came out and realized I'd left the key on in my car, and it was dead, and I had to go back and ask for a job. <laughs> Not a great, auspicious start to my career. But, but look but. what it has resulted in all those years. Yeah. There's a ton of takeaways in that, the networking, so the, fo- the, fo- the follow, the right. follow yeah, the up, follow the being willing to jump into the pool, yes. the kind of not knowing what's going to yeah, How just, this is going to yeah. happen. The humility of going yeah. in, not humiliation, yeah. but humility going in and saying, my car's dead. No, nah, it was a, humiliation. Anybody got a jumper? <laughs> <laughs> Some jumper cables? No, I, I mean, all I had to hear was it with animals. And I was, I was there. So I'm willing to do whatever, you know, it took. So, so how'd you learn the story? That's, I, I, that's, I think that's fantastic that, you know, the, you know, the evolution from day one of the zoo. Where'd you first, where'd you first hear that story? Uh, well, when from I Mr. first, Cosley. It, it, well, actually, yeah, the, the man that was there before me and with me for a number of years, Jerry Douglas, um, he told me that story and I've written all that down. I have, I've kind of kept a running history, um, Good. because, you know, it is something we want to save for the future. And, of course. um, so, and it just, I've been here a long time and I want to make sure other people know that, you know, where we kind of came from, where we started and how far we've come. And I, I feel like, you know, there's, there's no end in sight. There's so much more we can do. Yeah. Just so much more. Your um, Cosley Zoo Uncorked event is the highlight, one of the highlights of our Wheaton social season. Don't you think, Mark? (laughs) It's a fantastic event. I love it. Can you tell us how that, how that came to be? There was actually, um, in all humility, it was my, my idea. Um, Did I mention no humility no around humi- the podcast <laughs> table? This is the place to shout it out. It's I, the Sue show. Go ahead. No, 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 exactly no, no. Right. It, it, it was my idea, but show. certainly not my, I mean, putting it all together is a lot of people. Um, I was told that I needed to find a way to make more money. So that was, that was for what the I, zoo. What I, yes. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, an idea. And again, between the zoo staff and the marketing department at the park district, um, work together to really make it a phenomenal um, 
again, just such such great people. And they are shout out to Margie yep, Wilhelmy. Absolutely. Margie. And Carolyn Wilkin yep. and all the team. Yep. Mm-hmm. They are they're wonderful to work they with. Are. Absolutely wonderful. They a are. great example of learning more about the community. I attended that for the first time this this last this last and fall. Thank you for your sponsorship. It's, it's absolutely our pleasure. <laughs> I more than made it up in wine consumption. <laughs> Good. <laughs> ROI. For, the, for those ROI. Of, for those of not that have not been around, can you can you describe it uh, briefly? How the, how the how the zoo it's it set up yeah um so we we work with famous liquors and we bring in um usually about 60 wines for sampling they bring in some of their different vendors so we have uh, nine stations set up throughout the zoo um, and usually five or six wines at each station um, we also have some hors d'oeuvres there we have some live music so it's, it's just really a great way to experience the zoo because you kind of walk throughout the zoo um, and interact you see a lot of people you know meet some people maybe you don't um but yeah no it's just a it's just a fun evening just a great way to just outside and food good people good good drink i totally agree early it's in the early fall it's a it's Mm -hmm. a the weather was gorgeous uh this last this last year but i it's 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 an outstanding event so how'd you how'd you start off with wine was that the first idea yeah it was yeah so what made you go to wine right away i don't know <laughs> that's a few years ago i don't remember it's completely inconsistent with the longer history of wheaton which we've explored it, it many is. times it is yes yeah. yeah wheaton has definitely changed uh most definitely um yeah i don't honestly know how we i, I may have gotten it from another zoo um being an aza zoo we're very tied into the network of right. a lot of communications a lot of really great resources Isn't so i can see great. what what everyone's doing so yeah. more than likely i probably poached that from somebody else which all good <laughs> ideas right absolutely um, but yeah, we actually did it. Um, it used to be the middle of July, and because of COVID, we year before last on so twenty one, we decided to go ahead and do the event. But we were a little leery to do it. We weren't ready to say in April, "Hey, we're going to start working on this event for July." We weren't quite there mm-hmm. yet. So we said, "Well, let's let's plan on the let's do it later. We think that'll be okay." And people really enjoyed the fall weather. Yeah, it was one of the first outdoor, wasn't it really kind of coming out of COVID? Yes, one yeah, of the first outdoor yeah. events. Also, it's named after Mike Williams, the late great architect. The Uncorked is not the, you're thinking of the golf outing. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's you're okay. Right. I am that's thinking okay. of the golf outing. No, no. One of our, one of our. Another uh, great fundraiser yes, for Cosley it Zoo. is. One of our great supporters though, <laughs> they're very, very generous to the zoo. They used to call Uncorked the sip and sweat. <laughs> so I, t- I told him this last year i'm like you can't call it that anymore because we moved it September. yeah yeah that's not the experience at all so there's a golf outing to raise money there is. Yes. So let's hear about that yeah. that's news to my ears so this is our 40th one this year i gotta start paying attention vicky mike williams cosley classic classic yes mm-hmm. and it is uh the first monday in august every year uh we hold it at arrowhead um so there's some sweating involved. Yeah, although we've been lucky the last couple of years have been bad. But yes, some years there's some sweating involved. Um, but it's a great course, beautiful. Another great park district, um, you know, venue. Um, 
Again, this is our 40th year, so we're going to do a little bit more this year, a little bit more entertainment, a little more fun. Um, we were actually, I, I'm, I'm going to say this not knowing it for sure, but I kind of think we were the very first golf outing out there. Because originally, when we were doing this, we had to go with sixums because so many people wanted to do it. We had maxed out, I think it was 362. Two golfers, wow. and we actually you had we we kind of came up with selling shares every year, so like you could get admit you can hold your spot. Holy moly! But of course, now over the years, with we had so many calls. Hey, are you do a golf outing? How come? You know, there's so many now. Right. So of course, our event's not as big as it once at it's the beginning. Still wildly popular, but it's still yes, yeah. it's still a great event that people look forward to. And there's there's a lunch, there's a steak dinner, um, there's you know silent auction raffle. Um, so yeah, and it's, like I said, at a great place at Arrowhead, they, we do lunch outside and then dinner up in the, up in the banquet hall. And so who's Mike Williams? Mike Williams, um, was the principal owner of, um, Williams Architects, Williams Architects. Well, they also had a development piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was on our foundation board early on. I believe he came on in 1980 or Cosley, sorry, I should back up a second here. Cosley Foundation is our 501c3 not-for-profit arm of the zoo that helps to advocate for the zoo and raise money for capital projects. So most of the things you see at the zoo today, um, the duck pond, the barn, the, the lynx exhibit, all those things were funded by donations. The foundation, right? Yes. Through the foundation. So all the events we, not all the events we do, but the golf outing, um, the run for the animals, the Christmas tree pumpkins, those all are events that the money goes to the foundation, which in turn then comes back to help Mm -hmm. the zoo. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's see, where was I going with Mike, that? Mike Williams. Mike. So yeah, Mike supporter. was, Mike was, yes. So he, he early on, he was, he was kind of tied in with the park district at the time. He is the one, his company um, designed and oversaw the construction of the community center for the park district. Down by um, Blanchard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right on yeah. Blanchard. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so he was asked to be on the foundation board. So he served on the board for a very long time. Um, was president. And so upon his death to kind of recognize his contribution um, to the zoo over the years and his golf, that was his favorite thing. Yeah. So his um, sister is a good friend of mine, Mary Landreth. Mary Landreth. Yeah. And so sang, she's a zoo supporter too. Yeah. She's a wonderful lady. I sang at Mike's funeral. Oh, did you? Yes, I was there. I Wasn't I fabulous? You were. I, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Even though I don't remember a thing. <laughs> I, I booked Book early and often, as my mom used to say. When people would ask me, will you sing at my funeral? My mom told me I should say, I'd love to, but I will need a down payment. 20% down. (laughs) Can't trust those clients. So Uh, what's it like managing an organization that's composed of, I would imagine there's some volunteers, mm -hmm. there's some people that are there for the the, the passion for for animals, there's young people and the ambassadors. That's That's a pretty diverse group of employees, whether they're officially employees or not. But yeah, what's it, what's it like managing that kind of an organization? It's great. No, no challenges whatsoever. Oh, there's always challenges. Roses and sunshine every day. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) Just getting used to it after 39 years. I have to say, you know, every time you think, you know, you know where the line is, it moves. Yeah, Um, that's so true. So I think it's taught me a lot over the years. Um, I think I've I've become a better servant leader, you know, where, it's, it's about helping them do their job and putting the organization in them first. Cause honestly, that comes back to me way, way more too. And, uh, but no, it's never without challenges, but again, I have phenomenal staff. My, 
like my animal curator has been at the zoo 26 years. Um, my uh, education and guest experiences manager has been with us um, 20 years. So they make it easy. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Mark, it made me think of our conversation recently because um, you had said uh, earlier, um, Sue, that, you know, the, 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 Older you get, the more you know. The dumber what you I feel. No, <laughs> that's what I say. The dumber I feel. No, oh. but I think there's that leader. You know, the leadership, humility, and the idea that when you trust your people, mm-hmm. it can happen. So it's really about it, putting your yeah. putting your faith and trust in the people it that is. you've developed. It is, and that's something I did not have when I started working there. Of course not. You were just no. a sweet young thing. I was. I, I was definitely a sweet young thing. Um, yeah, I was always under, I was one of those um, very dominant people that, well, I still kind of am, uh, but <laughs> uh, that thought if you want a job done, you, right, you got to do it yourself. Right. Um, but kind of, one thing happened to me one day and it was just a weird little thing, but I, someone asked me a question about the goat, some guest, and I answered the question with confidence, with no hesitation. And I'd never really worked with goats. I'd worked a lot with sheep, horses, cattle. I used to show cattle too. Um, but it just all of a sudden fell out of the sky on my head, like a ton of bricks, that the only reason I've been able to answer that question is because I'd learned it while I was working there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, Duh. Um, so it occurred to me that I've been learning all along. And so all of a sudden, kind of, you know, the world opened up and I'm like, I'm wow. going to start asking questions. I'm not going to feel stupid like today. You know, you're in college. Like, yes. I don't know, stupid. Um, I started asking our vets, you know, why are you doing that? Or what's, I don't understand what this is. Um, and then another time um, we had a cow in labor and it was on the weekend and I, I couldn't come in Um so I said, you know, I told the girl on the phone, I said, you, you've got this. I said, here's what you need to look for. So I was with her, um, told her what to look for. Luckily, it was a normal presentation. Everything was fine. And the next day I was at work, she came running down the barn aisle, jumped on me, <laughs> gave me this big hug. I said, thank you so much for that experience and for trusting me. Aww. And that kind of, again, started me understanding that it's so important to let other people grow. And so that, again, that kind of opened up that, that, you know, I really enjoy giving them opportunities and, and again, working with the different, some people need more coaching. Some people need, Hey, I just do this, figured out how to do it. So kind of working with those different personalities is, is can be challenging, but it's also, again, they give me back way more than I, I give them. So Mm. that opens up organizational ability. And I think also introduces freedom. So instead Mm -hmm. of you, instead of for the the cow birth, instead of the only option being you jumping in the car mm-hmm. and racing, racing there because you're the only one that can get it done. Right. Had a, had a team member yeah. be able to take care of it. The conversation I think that we, that you're, that Vicki was referring to, I, I was sharing with Vicki that I, I'm quite aware that I'm a bottleneck in our organization <laughs> and that the, yeah, and, most bosses are, well, the more, yeah, <laughs> the more stuff that go, the more stuff that has to, that has to go through the worse, the worse it is. So yeah. for the, for the organization, for the efficiency, for the empowerment of the team, yeah. for, mm-hmm. for every, for everything, it's yeah. all bad. It's all, it's all bad. Uh, but, but that's, that, that's not always easy 
Mm-mm. to let that, to oh, let that yeah, go, to let that go. Well, and when you empower your employee, like the woman who, you know, was able to do that, it just shows, you know, it allows them to grow in a way that, Oh yeah. Then and you're freed up to, and... to go on to something else mm-hmm. besides birthing cows. Yeah. So you mean your staff actually assists she like a vet or no, do they, they assist in the, yeah, if, if need calf. be, it's better if it can be without us, that's, it's healthier. Um, but if need be, Oh Yeah. I've had my art. Well, we won't go there. Okay. <laughs> Please. But I have a very delicate disposition. I'm getting so. queasy already. <laughs> no. Yeah. You, you hear some different subjects around the lunch table. At a zoo than you, yeah. That's it, why I never ate with the nurses when I worked no, in the hospital. Never no. ate with the nurses. But, you know, it was kind of, in some ways it was, I mean, I've, I've been so fortunate that I've had such an opportunity over these years to grow. I mean, look at where we started. You know, two employees, no programs. We were yeah. open seasonally. I mean, yeah. um, so in some ways, it was a forced growth that I, that I started to have people do things. I I couldn't do it. Right. And so I've kind of been able to come to that naturally. Like even when I first became the director, um, I hired an animal training consultant, and I was part of all that and, and doing animal training. And finally, had to come. Like, yeah, I can't. This isn't fair. I can't. I don't have time to do this anymore. I need to let other people do it. Um, so I've been able to kind of naturally progress, but, you know, out of necessity. Um, but it's no, it's, I guess that's been great. So it sounds like you're, you're learning that and understanding your own development. That, that sounds like that yeah. you ran into maybe a capacity issue. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> and so it was either bang your head against the wall with the, with the, with no more capacity or, or let some stuff go. Yeah. And it's, and a, you know, again, when it's, it's best for your team and it's best for the institution and it's best for the animals, it's not, it's not fair. You know, if we want to train this animal every day, it's, it's enriching for them. It's not fair if I can't do it half the time kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know? And so that's, that, that was a long time ago, but yeah, no, you, you got to look again ahead at that. What's the best for the organization. Yeah. And um, so it's, yeah, I wish I wish I could have seen some of those things younger, but I think that's just the path that we that we have to it go is. through. It's it experience. Is the path. Mm-hmm. It is the path, and then yeah. you die. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. What's that old story about? How do you get? How do you uh, get experience by making mistakes? Like by yeah. making bad decisions? No, I I tell my staff all the time. I'm like, you know, I I make at least six mistakes a day. That's probably on the low side, um, but you know that again. I I'm asking them to take risks. And try new things, and like you just said, you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes. You're, that's how you learn. As long as they don't keep making the same ones, we're right. good. Right. Um, but there has to be a forgiving culture, a learning yeah, ha- culture. Oh, absolutely, yeah. there has to be. Yeah. I don't want people to be afraid. If you people are afraid, they're gonna do right. what's safe. Right. And I don't always. Well, we have to be safe. Don't give. Me, of but, course. But you no, know no, what no. I mean. It's right. you. You need if you're gonna grow as an organization. Right. You know, right. you, you, you got to be willing. Things. You're going right. to yeah. right. get some things wrong. Yeah. Yes. I heard oh, a great absolutely. quote from a professional athlete the other, the other day, 24 year old kid, which I think it's easy to forget uh, on the, on the stage of professional sports that a lot of these, Very a lot young. of these people are a few years away from being teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so sitting, so had just lost a huge game and this 24 year old said, sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. 
I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, that's incredible. That's very insightful. And to come out of a 24 year old after just massive disappointment, and he's getting asked questions by the media. You know, how does it feel losing the the biggest game you've ever been a part of? Well, you know what? Gee, what do you think? That's so good. I'm happy. Yeah, that's that's just that's a lot of thought behind that one. You got your journalism degrees. Money's worse there. But but to to not do what I just did, and instead to say sometimes you win and sometimes you learn that's actually very good i like that quote we're gonna steal that yeah that's a good one i do like it so the 30 next 39 years for the zoo Mm -hmm. how do you think is the zoo where it is right now is it are there any expansion opportunities land wise? there are uh not so much land wise but there's a lot of opportunity yes there's a major gifts campaign going on is there not can you tell us about that yeah we have um well we back in 2017 um, I mean, there's huge value in sometimes bringing in a consultant, someone that has fresh eyes. I don't care how much, like I, I, I like to think, I think outside the box, but in reality, I'm just poking holes in it. You need someone that can come in and really take a whole new look. And so we hired a master planner that does mostly zoos. Um, and oh, the day he came in, I was just floored. He took a, a big, uh, drawing kind of size, uh, architectural drawing size, overview of the zoo, laid um, tracing paper on top of it and just started saying, well, why is this here? It needs to go. And he just, I'm like, holy smokes. I never thought, you know, about how efficiently we use space and adding more, more walking, you know, more paths. And um, so we did that master plan. I really wanted to do that master plan to show people the possibilities, but also to align the vision for the park district, the Cosley Foundation and the, the zoo, um, which it did. And that kicked off um, capital campaign. So there's many phases in that master plan. Um, The first phase is very necessary, but let's be honest, it's not terribly exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is expanded parking. They pay paradise and they put a parking lot. I'm not, I will save you the pain of me singing. Um, So right now we have 80 parking spots during the week and 120 on the weekends because we the office building next door yeah it's um, really because of your success that you mm-hmm. need more parking yeah so two out of three days between april and october which are our busiest months um people are not able to they leave and when you see things on facebook you know like from saint charles i came and i i had to turn around and go home the last two times i've gone and that just breaks my heart because not only from just a family memory and fun stuff but but from all these people that we could potentially be creating these connections with, with the animals and we're, we're, yeah. we can't. So the parking lot, which will be permeable pavers and, you know, everything will be very green, um, is going to be built across the road from the zoo. We own as much land on that side of the street as we do on the zoo side. Oh, mm-hmm. you do. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, we're going to be putting in about a 250 person lot. And will there be an overpass? Car, not person. No. Will that replace the existing lot? Well, it won't for a while until we raise more money. And then we, yes, then the existing lot will become an exhibit. Ah, that's where you find your You're way ahead. You're way ahead. tricky. The original plan was to put in an overpass or underpass. It's cost prohibitive. Mm -hmm. And also when we first started looking at it, um, that was the only way to get people across Gary. However, in the interim, um, the city has done some Gary Avenue 
uh, evaluation. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be eventually putting in a stoplight. Right, um, where Wheaton Sports Prairie. Center mm-hmm. goes in. So that will be, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, that's right. Like a Did lot. Did you know of, that? You said that knowingly. Like there's you already know that. There's a lot of traffic going there's into that. There's a lot of mm-hmm. traffic. And you don't want to mess with those yoga ladies. No, you do not. They are, <laughs> they are fierce. <laughs> and they're turning left on Gary. They mean it. <laughs> so that part of that Gary Avenue corridor improvement, we're hoping to kind of coordinate roughly the same time to be doing that lot. And that'll be the crossover for people from that side to the zoo. So that's two lights pretty close to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Jewel. Uh, right. Jewel. Jewel. You mm-hmm. didn't, yeah. Three, three lights. There's three lights. Uh, the Thomas. Yeah, they have talked to the city about that. I don't know really think about that stuff. Okay. Uh, I just know that that's, um, that's going to enable us then to be able to put in, to have that crosswalk there. Yeah. So that'll, that'll be our first project. Um, and then we have more exciting projects after that that we'll start raising money for, like a rivers exhibit, which will have river otters and all kinds of other aquatic animals. Um, the zoo kind of on that same, we, since our, well, since we had a mission, we came up with a mission, um, we've always had native Illinois wildlife and domestic farm animals, which are animals that impact us. Okay, and we impact them. So it's a, it's a really great, relevant story. Um, however, um, we did in 22, um, we brought in a non-Illinois native species. Um, we brought in Canada lynx. They have a, a little bit more of an uh, impactful conservation story. Um, so we did expand our animal collection to North American wildlife. It'll still largely be northern tier because we're outside mm-hmm. um, but it will allow us to hopefully we'll you know, bring in some animals that people don't see quite as often but still things like the coyote has a very important story about because they're they're around here and how mm-hmm. to live with them and and so we're, we'll keep certainly those kind of animals um, but we hope to bring in you know some things that are a little different um, over time too. So what's the timeline on those projects? Parking first? Parking then? first. Um, we're hoping that that'll occur in, in 24. Um, and then after that, it's going to be kind of just a kind of depends on how quickly we can raise funds. In the meantime, we'll be looking at some other smaller projects too um, that we'll, we've yet to determine. And um, I've got a couple ideas in the back of my head. Mm, but I bet you do. I do. Um, so some, you know, we'll certainly continue to improve the zoo mm-hmm. and, and offer hopefully some new things while we're working on the next big big project. What are the different sources of revenue for the zoo? Uh, I'm, I'm curious where, where you get more of your money from, or is it, okay. or is it proportionate among the, the pumpkins and the tree and the Christmas trees and all that, the wine, the things that go, well, the wine actually does help the zoo's day-to-day operations. The pumpkins, trees, golf outing run, that money all goes to the foundation for primarily capital development um so parking lots and river yes correct i can't wait for those otters yeah so the 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 day-to-day operations um are funded through the wheaton park district so we we have our own fund in the park district um we levy a museum tax so a little over half of our budget comes from that from the taxpayers in wheaton um through it's a property tax um the other half or almost half we have to earn. So that's through admissions, gift shop. programs. And the gift shop actually goes to the foundation oh, too. Really? It does, oh, okay. it does. So, um, but yeah, it's it, largely admissions programs. We do some facility rentals. Um, 
some other like the wine event, um, our duck feeding, chicken feeding, some of those kind of things. So um, we work to raise the rest of that through those efforts. So, so do you have to go before the park district board to make your own presentation, or do you make the presentation to Mike and then he folds it in as part of his overall budget? As far oh, um, I do the budget, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, that goes. My immediate boss is actually um, the director of special facilities, mm-hmm. and so we sit down and go through it, and um, and then that goes to Mike, and then that goes to the part board. Of the overall yes, budget. right. It. It, yes, mm-hmm. it becomes part of the overall budget, which then goes to the public mm-hmm. for yes. Mm-hmm. Do you get do you get up and share with them what it is you're doing, or I would think they'd be very interested. And- um, we do. I do an annual report presentation every May at oh, the board okay. meeting. Yeah, which we're working on. And is that on. open to the public if we it wanted is. to sit in on that? It I is. Would love, I think they also um, videotape it now because they are do. they doing it in council chambers? Yes, the city council yeah. chambers. And yeah. our annual report, um, say like the 21 annual report, is on our website mm-hmm. too. People, yes. Anybody can yeah. access that. Yeah. Well, I think you're a whole lot more than average. I think so too. (laughs) I think that's how we're going to remember you, Sue, is above average. Oh, that's very nice. Even though you lied on your resume, (laughs) you lied on your application. My husband might say I'm above average, but I'm not really sure about what. (laughs) It may not be a good thing. (laughs) Sorry, I've been married for 34 years. I can say that. Perfect. I'm sure there's lots of people who understand that point of view. Uh, And I I welcome all invitations to Idaho, don't you, Mark? (laughs) Hey, we do rent it. Do you really? We do. Airbnb, like on a yeah, Airbnb and Verbo, yeah, yeah. Verbo. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, what kind of horse would you recommend for me? Oh my goodness! I'm happy to put it out there. I'm six seven. A really quiet one. Forty two pounds. A really quiet one. A quiet one. That's got to have some size, right? Yeah, he's yeah. Dale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got long, long legs. You do have long legs. You're, long you're, you're a very, legs. you're a tall drink of water. As my dad used there to you say, go. Yeah. I'd I look fantastic that. on a Clydesdale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look practically petite. <laughs> Sue Walgren, so great to be with thank you. you. Oh, so I had great fun. Thank, you for, thank yeah. you for all that you that you and your team do at the, oh, the it's zoo. It's a pleasure. Is a is a, is a real. Uh, it's a wonderful part of the wonderful part of the community. So thank you for thank making that you. happen. Oh, no, I, like I said, I, I'm blessed. I really am. So. Well, you are also a blessing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'll, thank I'll you. remember to tell my husband that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Another episode of the local in the can. Thanks for joining us. If you have any story ideas or comments, drop us a note at fairhavenwealth.com and be sure to subscribe, review, and rate us on your favorite platform. I'm Mark Horner, and I hope you'll join us next time when we cut another episode of The Local. The Local.